You're now tuned in to the Brendan King Show. From high above the circle in downtown Indianapolis, here's BK. We just keep rolling this week, baby. We just keep going. Kyle Wells, thank you so much, buddy. This is episode 14 of the BK Show. As we dive now into the upset special, we had the Champ Week special back on Tuesday. Yesterday, it was the Underdog special featuring everybody that could bust your brackets. And today, it is the upset special. We're going to talk to three passionate and three successful coaches who all have a chance to lead their teams into a potential upset. Now, I will say that the Clemson Tigers, head coach Brad Brownell, kind enough to join us earlier this week. They are the seventh seed, but for some reason, people are really discounting the Tigers as they go up against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Really, here on The Fan, I have not heard anybody talk positively about Clemson. I've only heard the positive thoughts about Rutgers, and maybe that's because Rutgers put IU to bed this year, and people are thankful for the Scarlet Knights for doing that, sweeping them and then winning in the Big Ten tournament. But as well, that's Craig Smith from Utah State, as well as Mike Young from Virginia Tech. And want to make sure we get to Coach Young first, because his team has the honor of leading off the round of 64, leading off the legit March Madness tomorrow afternoon. That's Friday afternoon at 12.15 inside Hinkle Fieldhouse. Already talked about this. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful day in downtown Indianapolis, a high of about 60, looking like the sun's going to be shining. And you're telling me on television, on CBS with Jim Nance on the call, we're going to get the sun peeking through the Hinkle windows. Boy, that's got to get you going. And you'll hear in the interview that Mike Young, it's his first trip to Butler. He never took a Wofford team into Butler. Now, Wofford did play the Bulldogs inside Hinkle a couple years ago. That was the first season uh, that Mike Young was at the helm of Virginia Tech. And, you know, if you've already filled out your bracket and you already feel good about who you've picked, I've already gotten a few texts from you guys saying, hey, listen to some of these interviews and these guys are swaying me. I said, me too. Uh, I got one more, one more to sway you, and we're going to hear from Mike Rhodes as well from VCU. Uh, On Saturday, his team plays at 10 o'clock on Saturday against Oregon. But if you got to have your brackets in, whether you're listening here on Friday morning, Friday afternoon, whatever, Utah State and Craig Smith might want to sway you to change those brackets, and they've gotten me to a point where I like Utah State to upset Texas Tech. We're going to dive into that. More here as we're going to hit the circle center speed round right away on today's episode. Then we'll hammer right into the interviews, get you out of here, get you ready for a full afternoon and night of basketball on Friday with the round of 64. So here's what we're going to do for today's speed round. On the speed round today, I'm going to give you my top five storylines of the first round. That doesn't necessarily mean they're the best games or they're going to be the most entertaining or they have the best players or they have the best coaches. It's the best storylines. It's the games that are going to make me want to sit on the couch, grab the remote, change whatever I'm watching, whatever game I'm watching, and flip it to that right away. It's the games that provide that it factor. And there are many 
in the NCAA tournament first round taking place across the state, whether that's Mackey or Assembly Hall. Here inside 465 Hinkle Fieldhouse, the Coliseum, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, and of course Lucas Oil Stadium. Now the first game we're going to talk about is from a certain team from the Missouri Valley and what they did last night in the first four. I told you guys, I love their toughness, I love their grittiness. Will they be able to take this along? We'll touch on that. We'll also give you my top four other storylines from the round of 64 here in the Big Dance. Want to remind you all to join me every day on 93.5, 107.5, and 1070 The Fan. There are games here in the tournament. I'm on the Dan Dockett Show and the Ride with JMV, noon to 6, every single day, providing scores, updates, schedules, storylines, sound bites, whatever you need from this tournament. Any information you could ever want, I got for you in those updates. 18 past the hour and 43 past the hour every hour from noon to six hope you can join me on dan's show as well as john's show it's really fun those one minute updates as well really keep you on your toes as a broadcaster trying to get as much information in as you can it's a weird transition from like play-by-play or any of this but again 93.5 107.5 the fan noon to six hope you can join for now it's the speed round let's go The Drake Bulldogs are here to stay, and I like them a lot. I told you guys earlier in the week, they're a tough, gritty group who can go get it done. I love their cohesiveness, too. They sh- they've shown the ability to play together, and getting that one-point win, that dramatic win against Wichita State, 53-52 in the first four, gives me the idea that they can go now and conquer the USC Trojans. That game set for 4.30 TNT Saturday afternoon at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And, you know, USC, I watched a lot of them this year. I don't think they're tough enough to make a run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you could say they're they're ranked high in Ken Palm, Pac-12, they're one of the better teams in the league. Look, you don't mess with momentum in March, and that's one of the only things you don't mess with. You can mess with talent, you can mess with that chemistry, but you don't mess with momentum. And now that Drake has shown the ability to go win a game in March, don't forget USC has been quarantined the last week. They've only practiced, they can't see each other, they've been in the hotel. Drake now goes from Mackey over to Bankers Life Fieldhouse to play. That's not like going from Mackey to Lucas Oil with the weird sight line. You're going to another basketball facility. It should be a relatively easy transition. Give me the Bulldogs Saturday afternoon against USC. USC played UConn earlier this year, and Dan Hurley's team took them to the cleaners physically, on the glass, down low in the post, everything. And you can say, oh, that's early in the season. It's still this season. It's the same team, and I get things change. But USC, I don't think they're tough enough to go and beat a team like Drake. Give me one of those upsets. Let's go to game two. LSU St. Bonaventure. The Tigers and the Bonnies. Look, LSU took Alabama to the limit in the SEC championship game. They play that lockdown, in-your-face style defense. But the reason why this game interests me heavily, St. Bonaventure's used to that. They beat VCU in the A-10 championship game. VCU, the originator of the Havoc defense. 
Them and LSU play very similar style defensively. St. Bonaventure has shown the ability to handle that. That's an 8-9 game that could go either way. The big difference in that game is going to be on the defensive side of the floor. Who can step up? Because Will Wade's team not only is in your face defensively, they are in your face offensively. They will come at you. Can St. Bonaventure take a couple punches and give them right back to the Tigers? That's the big key there. Game number three, how could you not put this in there? Alabama-Iona, the most fascinating two versus 15 game this year. Alabama with Nate Oates, an absolute crazy man on the sidelines. But look, that's what Alabama needed to get to this level. Avery Johnson couldn't do it. All the coaches that were there since 2000 couldn't do it. Alabama needed a guy like Nate Oates to come in and not only make them a football school, but now make them a basketball school at the same time. He's crazy, but who's he got on the other sideline? That's Rick Pitino, arguably the craziest man, one of them, in the history of college basketball. On ESPN earlier this week, he said he's already brought eight suits to the bubble. You think Pitino's ready to lose? Not at all. This is a coaching matchup between two, quite frankly, hotheads, and I can't wait to watch it. Number three is another upset I'm going to pick. That's Utah State over Texas Tech. We're going to hear from Craig Smith, the head coach for the Aggies, here in just a little bit. And I hope you take something out of that interview that it's not just passion from Coach Smith. These guys were tested this year because the Mountain West did the thing where they played two games in three days against the same conference opponent. They beat San Diego State twice in three days. Now, to be fair, they lost to San Diego State in the Mountain West title game. And I am expecting San Diego State to make a run. I have them in my Sweet 16. But Utah State has shown the ability to hang with these big boy schools. And San Diego State was the best team in college basketball last year. They're now being slept on. Give me Utah State over Texas Tech. I really need to see the first four minutes of that game to know if Utah State can show up. Lastly, how could you not love the 8-9 game in the Midwest? Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech. We heard from Josh Pastor on Tuesday. We heard his concerns. We heard what he likes about his team. But breaking news today, Moses Wright, the ACC Player of the Year for the Yellow Jackets, will not play against the Ramblers. And even if Georgia Tech wins, a high likelihood per ESPN that Wright, again, the ACC Player of the Year, will not play against either Illinois or Drexel. He has dropped three double-doubles in the last three weeks against Virginia Tech, Duke, and Syracuse. 31 points against the Orange. Can Georgia Tech step up without him in his place. Loyal Chicago, we know what they can do. I told you guys why I like them. Those are my top five storylines of the NCAA tournament first round. Speed round. That is your Circle Center speed round for the round of 64 this week in the NCAA tournament. And let's dive into the slate of interviews we have. How could we not start with Coach Mike Young from the Virginia Tech Hokies? His team has the honor of playing at 12-15 on Friday inside Hinkle Fieldhouse. Again, by all accounts, it looks like a beautiful day for Friday in the 317. Let's just double check. Oh boy, we got 50 degrees. It is sunny. And the sun's going to be peeking through those Hinkle windows. Mike Young, it's his first time on Butler's campus as well, which I hope he enjoys, hope he um, takes something out of coaching inside Hinkle Fieldhouse. Now, Mike White, the head coach of the Florida Gators, Butler beat Florida inside Hinkle last season. Hard to believe that was last season. It feels like a decade ago. But Mike Young is certainly excited about leading his hometown Hokies into the NCAA tournament. Let's get to Coach Young here on the BK Show. Here he is. 
We now welcome on a very special guest. It is the head coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies in the ACC, Mike Young, in his second season. Coach, welcome to Indianapolis. It's great to be with you. Brendan, thanks for having me on. Hope you're well. Not a problem. Hey, man, you get the honor. Of course, the playing games are on Thursday, but your club gets the honor of leading off the 2021 NCAA tournament against the Florida Gators in front of a national audience on CBS, 12:15 inside Hinkle Fieldhouse. And that just sounds outstanding right after the year we've had. Yeah, it does. I've thought about it. Um to kick it off. I've never been on Butler's campus. Uh, I'm a basketball guy, and I've uh, uh, taken teams into a number of historic facilities. I've never um, been inside uh, Hinkle, um, but uh, 1215 Hinkle Fieldhouse, CBS, Bill Rafferty, Jim Nance, Tracy, Tracy Wolfson, Grant Hill. Um, we'll be ready to go. Uh, that's, uh, that's That'll be a special day for our team. Coach, how nice is it, too, that you get to experience Hinkle Fieldhouse with at least some fans? There's going to be some people there. You're going to get some live crowd noise. And for your first Hinkle experience, that's great that you'll be able to have some people in there. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for our team uh, that they get to experience that. I'm thankful for, you know, basketball fans. And there are a ton of them up here um, to, have that, uh, to have that opportunity. Brendan, it's been such a bizarre year. Yeah. Uh, to go into some of these facilities, and there's nobody there. Uh, we really had a hard time with it early on. I can remember back in November we played our first home game, um, and and our building uh, is typically full, ten thousand people night in night out, and it was like death in that uh, in that facility. And you come out of a media timeout and uh, just uh, no energy, just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, our players have adapted and have adjusted uh, uh, remarkably well over the course of the uh, season. But, uh, you know, here we are in March in Indianapolis, NCAA tournament, uh, to have some people in there will be great for everybody. Yeah, man, I'm a Butler alum, and, and Hinkle's a great place. I'm excited to get to experience that. But at the same time, on the flip side of the coin, right, uh, that's a lot of pressure that can be on a team leading off March Madness, taking on a team like Florida in front of a national audience. How do you kind of keep it to your guys that, hey, we just got to keep our composure, we got to go in and play our game? Uh, you know what? I've got a, a number of concerns going into our matchup with uh, with the Gators. That's not one of them. Um guys know what's at stake. Uh, They're smart people. But um, as we've done from day one, Brendan, um, go play. We're playing basketball, man. We're playing in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Let's not uh, make any more of it uh, than that. Uh, Play the game. uh, Play well. Play it the right way. If we do that, this thing's going to work out just fine for the Hokies. What does stand out about the Gators, Coach? Really well coached, uh, great guard play with um, a man, uh, Scotty Rice, um, Appleby, uh, and a post player in Castleton that um, you know, as a presence can block a shot, um, gifted score over both shoulders in the, uh, in the post, um, really good in transition, can really uh, put you in a bind there. You got to take care of the ball. They, they, move and transition after bad shots, turnovers, as well as any team I've watched play. Uh, so 
they're formidable. Uh, they're supposed to be. They're the Florida Gators from the Southeastern <laughs> Conference. We'll uh, we'll have our we'll have our hands full. It's Mike Young with us, the head coach at Virginia Tech. Coach, your team got off to a hell of a start, beating uh, Villanova 81-73 in the Hall of Fame Classic to start the year. And you know, obviously, that's a Villanova team still with Colin Gillespie. But just to set the tone for this season, coach, how important was that one? Brennan, I don't know that I've ever had a team in 19 years of head coach that I thought was any good at all early in the season, and I I didn't think we were very good uh, going into that game. Long story short, uh, we were supposed to play Temple. I found out literally 36 hours prior to playing Villanova that that was a possibility. I really didn't want to play it. Uh, I didn't think we were ready. I thought they would beat the fire out of us, Uh, but... You know, kids want to play, um, and we're there. Uh, so, you know, let's uh, let's key it up. And we played an awfully good ball game against a, a great opponent in the uh, Wildcats of Villanova, and we found a way to win in overtime. Uh, well, There's a, a heck of a way to, to kick off uh, the 2021 season. Coach, I want to ask too about matching up with a team like North Carolina now in conference play. Of course, when you were at, when you were at Wofford, you picked up a couple massive wins against Roy Williams's team. But I just feel like that is such an underrated rivalry between your teams and Coach Williams's teams because the DNA of you guys, I feel, just matches up so well, and in turn, you get some really nice ball games. Uh, well, you know, it's the Tar Heels and that program speaks for itself and great admiration for coach Williams. Um, we played a good basketball game, Brendan, uh, North Carolina's playing very well right now yeah. also. And, um, you know, we did a lot of great things. Um, uh, we were coming out of another pause, unfortunately, that had nothing to do with us losing that game. But, um, the physicality and, uh, the size of, uh, the Tar Heel front line, you know, finally broke us uh, in the last uh, 10 minutes. Um, you know, another great experience for us, uh, you know, finishing up uh, this uh, the reg- regular season in the ACC tournament. Uh, but I feel good about our team coming in. We're healthy. Yeah. Um, we're thrilled to be here. And uh, we look forward to taking the floor, you know, 12-15 on Friday. Coach Young, when you guys are firing on all cylinders, when the Hokies are playing their best basketball, what are you doing? Um, there's an edge about us defensively and on the glass that um, uh, is uh, readily apparent. The ball's moving, um, and it's moving through the post, and Aluma and uh, and Mutz um, is just a, a team that's connected on both ends of the floor. I've seen it time and time and time again throughout the course of the season. Uh all of those things will have to be, um, you know, uh, live and in color uh, on uh, on Friday. No doubt about it. And last thing, Coach, I wanted to ask you about and congratulate you on the 2021 ACC Coach of the Year Award. And I have to imagine that you going back to your home state to coach in the ACC for Virginia Tech. I remember when you took the job from Wofford, and, and I was always a fan of your Wofford teams and watching what you guys did. But for you, just how special has it been? Of course, last year in your first season doesn't end the way anybody wants, of course, with the COVID stoppage. But now this year, you get to the NCAA tournament in your first true year, I guess, as the head coach, and you get the ACC Coach of the Year. How special has this campaign been, Coach? Incredibly um, hard with everything going on and so many concerns. And um, unlike anything any of us have ever experienced, 
but uh, Brendan, um, I saw my first college game uh, on Virginia Tech's campus back in the early 70s, and to uh, call that place home now uh, and to be coaching the Hokies is um, – you know, it was uh, just a, an incredible experience, and I'm thrilled to be there. I love being there. Uh, my family's still 15 minutes away, a little town called Radford, uh, right outside of Blacksburg. Um, hey, listen, buddy, uh, to cut to the chase, um, I'm having the best time a human being uh, should be allowed to have, and I am uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity. I know that. That's terrific, Coach. Coach Mike Young, Coach, I wish you the best of luck in this NCAA tournament. Have a blast. Enjoy Hinkle Fieldhouse especially, and we'll be watching for you. Brendan, can't wait. Appreciate you having me on. Have a nice day, buddy. Thank you, Coach. I think one of the biggest things that I took out of that interview was that Mike Young is such a calm, cool, and collected guy, but you can sense the passion even in that very calm voice. And, you know, Coach Gallagher from Hartford, you can sense the passion by him just talking. The guy barely has to say anything, and he can tell he's passionate. And that's the same for Craig Smith, who we're about to hear from Utah State. But Coach Young from Virginia Tech, there's just so much about him. You can tell that he is so proud to be the head coach at Virginia Tech. And uh, that is something that I really, really enjoyed getting to know. If you can be passionate about where you are, you heard him say, His first Virginia Tech game was when he was a kid, basically. And now he's the head coach there. That is awesome. And I thank Coach Young for the time. And excited for his team and the Gators that they get to lead off March Madness. Let's dive into interview two here on this Friday. Let's welcome the head coach at Utah State, one of my upsets of the first round. I am picking the Aggies to beat Texas Tech. And Craig Smith had a lot to do with that, getting to talk to him. He has a wild story at the start of the interview that you're going to want to hear here. Uh, He is friends with Indianapolis Colts general manager Chris Ballard. You want the full story? you got to wait and see. Here's the interview with head coach Craig Smith. We now welcome on a very special guest is the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Craig Smith, in his third season over in the Mountain West. His Aggies prepare to take on six-seed Texas Tech. That's a Friday tip at 145 over in Assembly Hall down in Bloomington. Coach Smith, welcome to Indianapolis. Appreciate the time, my man. Uh, Thanks, man. It's so great being here. I've always been a huge fan of Indy, uh, the Final Four. It doesn't get any better than this place. And, of course, now we get to – played in the NCAA tournament in Indy, and it's a great city. Uh, it's the first Final Four my family came to. I've mm. been married for 25 years. i got four kids, so we had a blast here and have so many great memories. And my first Final Four in 1997 was here, so uh, it's always a, got a special place in my heart. So oh, it's pretty cool. And I'm a Colts fan. Oh, man, hey, perfect. Uh, so, <laughs> that actually yeah, – go ahead. Uh, well, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm a Vikings fan, first and foremost. I got to admit, I'm from Minnesota. Yep. But um, it's kind of wild and it's kind of a long story, but I've gotten to know Chris Ballard, <laughs> uh, the GM of the Indianapolis Colts. And when we qualified for 
for the NCAA tournament, he shot me a text right away. Uh, and it, it's pretty cool. So uh, I've never actually never met him in person, uh, but we've <laughs> exchanged correspondence and texting with each other. And I, I asked him, I was like, hey, is it D-line or O-line? What are we drafting first? But he, he still, I guess I don't quite know him like that because he won't divulge that information yet. Well, Coach, it, it has to be O-line. There's this monstrous left tackle out of Notre Dame. His name's Liam Eikenberg, and he's he's going to be legit. So if, if you ever see uh, if you ever see Chris pass along the message that it's got to be the Notre Dame left tackle. I was say, hey, man, I got to know this guy, Brendan, uh, uh, Sports Talk Radio, and, and he's saying it's Liam. It's got to be. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, 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 and he's a Midwest guy, too. So, like, I, I got a feeling that might happen. That's what I'm saying, Coach. Uh, 97 Final Four, that would have been at the RCA Dome, no? I'm from Chicago, so uh, I'm, I'm relatively new to Indy. I, got, I went to Butler, so I got here in 2014. Gotcha. Yeah, it was. Uh, and in fact, uh, Utah, I believe that was the Utah, Kentucky, um, uh, was it maybe North Carolina and maybe even Minnesota um, mm. were in it. And I might be mistaken on that, but uh, what a, you know, I was 22 years old and just wide eyed and uh, what an amazing experience. And uh, I was a small school assistant at that time at Mayville State yeah. with Tim Miles. Right. Coach Miles was you know, as my mentor, and we spent 11 years together at, out of four different schools, and, uh, and our last stop together was at Nebraska, and I remember him saying, hey, do you want to go to the Final Four? And I just looked at him like, don't mess with me, don't mess with me, and uh, he goes, hey, if you can find a hotel, we'll go, so uh, I just started calling hotels randomly and found a Super 8 somewhere, <laughs> I couldn't believe they had a room, and we stayed there, and uh, I slept in the bathtub, and he took the single bed. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Coach, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I uh, I broadcast baseball during the summers, and I, I know all about the uh, the interesting hotel situation. So th- that's an awesome story. Uh, you're playing at Assembly Hall against Texas Tech, as mentioned, and obviously, since you're you know Chris Ballard, hopefully you can get it to where you're playing in Lucas Oil here this month. But uh, have you had a chance to ever coach or even watch a game in Assembly Hall? You know what? Uh, I'm a I'm a history guy, and I'm a big time traditionalist. And and I did when I was at Nebraska, um, what four or seven seven years ago, eight years yeah. ago, uh, we played at Indiana. I was at Nebraska two years, 2012, 13, and 13, 14, and both years we played at, at Indiana. Mm. Uh, Brandon Ubel, who's our graduate assistant, was a senior our first year. I had a side note. I always told Brandon, I'm going to hire you someday. So now he's with us, of course. And we actually had a team Zoom call because we're on quarantine um, right now. You know, when you arrive here, had a team Zoom call for about 45 minutes last night and told the guys we're playing at Assembly Hall and they're going to love that place. Obviously, the rich tradition of excellence uh, is such a historic program. And, and that venue is one of the best venues. It's such a unique arena. And the acoustics in there are just insane. And so I told our guy, because we have about an hour drive, and I said, it's well worth it. And so our guys are pumped. We're so pumped, um, obviously, to be in the NCAA tournament, but then also be able to play in Assembly Hall. Uh, it's just going to be a fantastic experience. It's Craig Smith. Now, I might not think that when we're trying to score a basket against <laughs> Texas Tech and we're scoreless for about five-minute stretch, but, hey, uh, it's part of the deal, I guess. I was just about to ask you, Coach. Craig Smith, the head man at Utah State, joins us. Uh, what sticks out most about Texas Tech, Coach? 
Well, there's a lot of things. You know, two, two years ago was the last time there was an NCAA tournament, and, and of course, they played in the national championship. And one of my former players at University of South Dakota, uh, Matt Mooney, uh, played, you know, when we got hired at South Dakota, he transferred from Air Force to our place and had a great career, two-time all-league guy as a sophomore and junior. I got hired at Utah State, and Matt had graduated, so he's a grad transfer, and he could have went anywhere in the country. Of course, we tried to get him, but, you know, he thought we'd be rebuilding, and we, at that point, it looked like we were. We were picked ninth in the league, but uh, Matt decided to go to Texas Tech, and and uh, I got to know Coach Beard pretty well during that time, relatively well. As you'd call about Matt, tell me more about Matt. Tell me more about Matt. So I had tremendous respect for their program, what they do, how they operate. Um, uh, they're very well coached. And then, of course, they're incredibly talented. The Big Ten was so good. I mean, the Big Ten and the Big 12, two best leagues in the country this year. And they just, they're so elite defensively and and, and they just make tough guy play after tough yeah. guy play. Um, uh, I, w- I watched their conference tournament game against Texas, and, man, that thing was uh, – but I think they took seven charges, and there's just scrums all over the floor, right? Like 50-50 balls, got a rebound like crazy. And they just put a lot of pressure on you. They're so elite on the defensive end. Coach, I want to ask you about your club, 20-8, and 15-4 uh, in the Mountain West this year. And I know the Mountain West did the thing this year where it was little series you play teams back to back over you know a a few days period what are the challenges of that seeing a team like you know san diego state twice in three days uh it's brutal um but it it was unique It, it, it felt like and i've never coached in the nba but it felt a lot like you know like you're playing a game series of five you know, so you play the first day and you, your normal preparation, and usually there's a lot of energy going into that. And we're an energy team, um, a lot of energy in that first game, and and then you play and win or lose. You know, you have that next day where you probably don't do a whole lot, um, but now you got to sit there and say, okay, what adjustments? Are they going to make in your you know if we win by twenty, if you win by ten, if you win a close game, if you lose, what adjustments are they going to make? How are they going to guard us differently, right? How are they going to try to attack us on the offensive end differently? And you got to just try to be a step ahead and anticipate what's going on. Where do we get hurt, right? How can we expose them more? And so, uh, but at the same time you only have one day to make all those adjustments. So it's not like you can reinvent the world, you know, in the day. So, but it's hard. You're right. In mid-January, you know, we played San Diego State. They had the longest road winning streak in the country at the time. Well, we beat them. And now you got to turn around and beat them again in two days. And they also had the longest streak in the country of not losing back-to-back game right. so now you now you got to try to do that and fortunately for us we were able to do that and then you turn around and three days later you played Colorado State who was a bubble team all year yeah. and then we, we beat them by 20 and now you got to try to beat them again two days later so like there was a lot of challenges with it you better be strong mentally you better have some depth to your team and you better have high character because those games are really quick uh, when it comes to turning around and playing a game, uh, a game right away. So it was different. It was unique. Um, I'm glad we had the chance to do it like that, just to 
see what it was like. And then the other part, too, is when you're on the road, you're on the road for four straight days. Yeah. You know, and you're sitting in a different bed and all those kind of challenges, too. So it was a unique experience. I hope we don't have to go back to it, though. I'm not going to lie. Craig Smith with us, the head man at Utah State. You mentioned that Colorado State win. What a massive one that was in the Mountain West, 62 to 50 on the 12th. And you mentioned Colorado State, that Bumble team who's kind of on the wait list now to see if anything happens. But you guys are in. And I was going to follow up, Coach, last couple things here about um, the back-to-back mentality. Do you think that helps you possibly this time of year where obviously when you get to March, everybody's scouted, everybody knows what you're going to bring, but you've kind of had that challenge all year where you're playing somebody back-to-back and you know from the first game what they're going to bring and what their game plan is going to be? I think it helps if you win the first game <laughs> so we can survive in advance. But it is. like, it, And the other part of it is you – uh, you know, in our case, we play Texas Tech on Friday. If, if we find a way to win, now you turn around and play another high-level opponent two days later right. on a very quick turnaround. So from that respect, I think it does really help. You know, in the past in the Mountain West, we'd always play Saturday and then pretend, you know, then either Tuesday or Wednesday. So you have a little more time to prepare. On these things, you got a quick turnaround. Your prep is more condensed. And so, uh, but the key is like anything, you know, you got to find a way to win that first game and then keep going. I always think that first game is always the most difficult to win. Everybody's amped up. Some, you got the jitters, just like in a conference tournament, right? And it just, and then you kind of settle in, find your rhythm and go. But, you know, there's so much to take in. Um, we want our guys to enjoy this whole experience. Um, but when it's time to practice, when it's time to play, your total focus needs to be on what we're trying to accomplish in that given moment. But they need to enjoy the police escorts to the hotel and, you know, all the the pageantry that goes with it. It'll probably be a little different this year, but our guys are used to playing in empty gyms, you know, this year uh, as that's become the norm. Craig Smith is the head coach at Utah State. Coach, I wish you the best of luck in this NCAA tournament. And, hey, if you make it far enough and you're able to win a couple games, hopefully you'll see a coach in inside Lucas Oil Stadium. We could kind of have that Chris Ballard story uh, on national TV. I think that'd be awesome, uh, awesome story to tell. Oh, that'd be cool. Maybe we can find a way to sneak him in. I'm not sure he has yeah, access to well, it. Well, so it's, it'll it's be his our, building, it'll right? Be our so. connection. Yeah, it'll be our connections that take care of him. So, anyway, thanks for having me on. And uh, go Colts, go Aggies. Coach, thank you so much. All right, thanks, Brandon. Are you changing your bracket yet? Are, are you picking that upset? Because, again, listening to 11 minutes of that guy makes you want to run through a brick wall. <laughs> Craig Smith, the head coach at Utah State. And uh, I'm not sure if I was fully expecting it to go that well with him. And don't get me wrong, like everybody before I interviewed him, I made sure to to look them up, to study them, look at a couple past interviews, see if I can get some interview ideas. Um, you know, I could tell from watching past interviews that Craig Smith was a passionate guy. But, you know, when he comes on, he starts buzzing right away. Hey, Chris Ballard's my buddy. And, you know, I don't know who the draft and he's talking about going to the final four and <laughs> that was just awesome, and I, I hope you enjoyed that one. That might be one of my favorites of the week. 
And as we continue to roll on here on the BK Show, we will close today's episode with the Clemson Tigers, Brad Brownell, an Evansville, Indiana native, a former assistant coach at Evansville, as well as the University of Indianapolis. So he comes home in a way to now coach in the NCAA tournament for his Tigers. They will square off with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. That is in the Midwest region. The winner gets either Houston or Cleveland State. Coach Brown now on the pod. Keep in mind, we will release an episode on Saturday that will be with the head coach at VCU and Mike Rhodes and still trying to get nailed down with Steve Lavin. Lav actually called uh, the game earlier tonight between uh, Mount St. Mary's as well as Texas Southern. And he was on color commentary. I was not aware, actually, that he was doing color on CBS. So uh, we've had to kind of toss around that interview a little bit. But Coach Lav is for sure going to be on the podcast. Just got to figure out when. But either way, guaranteed contact coming to you on Saturday with Mike Rhodes, the head coach at VCU. His team will play Oregon in the West region. The winner would get either Iowa or Grand Canyon. So let's get back to it. Brad Brownell, the head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Here's Coach. Brendan King back with you on 107.5 The Fan. Let's bring on the head coach of the Clemson Tigers. That is Brad Brownell, a former UND assistant coach and a former DePaul Tiger at that. Coach, welcome to Indianapolis. It's great to have you in town for the tournament, and congrats to your guys. Well, thank you. It's good to be back in town. Hey, you had a 5-0 and start to the season, and it wasn't your ordinary five-game slate, obviously. How about Mississippi State, Purdue, South Carolina State, Maryland, and Bama? Coach, that, again, that's not your average five-game start to the year, but you go 5-0. and Just how important was it to not only win those games, but also just get off to a solid start in this COVID world where you never know what's going to come next? You know, you know what, Brennan? It was really it was a great start, and we uh... – we tried to, to have a demanding schedule. We thought we had a chance to have a good team, a tournament team. And so, uh, you know, a lot of guys were changing their schedules, some making it harder, some making it a little bit easier with uh, with COVID and with the cancellation of some games in the first two weeks of the season. But we really wanted to, to create a demanding schedule for our guys. We certainly played one. And, and as you mentioned, we got off to a great start. We probably were uh, – fortunate in that we did not have much COVID uh, early in the year and uh, and so I felt like our team we had a little bit of an experienced team and you know when we started the season I thought we were we were kind of playing really good basketball right away which is is rare for some teams uh, and certainly got off to a great start with a 5-0 uh, uh, beginning the last being the, the win against Alabama and Atlanta. Coach, you know this well from coaching in the Horizon League at Wright State as well, but especially in the ACC, you get off to that solid start, but you're playing this fabulous competition. And in a league like the ACC, where we saw in the ACC tournament, obviously, where a team can win on any given night, that's huge for you guys. No, it is. Uh, and, and, you know, a big part of making the NCAA tournament is, is you know, your non-conference schedule and playing some folks and then beating them. And, uh, you know, we were able to do that. When you when you look at Purdue, who had a great year, Matt does an unbelievable job up at Purdue. Uh, Alabama, as you mentioned, was was another team. We actually, Moorhead State is a team that we yeah. played and, and beat a little bit around Christmas, and they ended up winning 20 out of their next 21 games. So, you know, we got off to the great start. The league is always very challenging. Uh, we had a pretty good start in the league, and then unfortunately got got about with COVID that uh, that probably lasted a couple weeks longer than we would have liked, and took us into the a couple weeks of the ACC season where we didn't play very well. 
It's Brad Brown now with us, the head coach of the Clemson Tigers. His club takes on 10-seed Rutgers. That's a Friday start, late start, at 9.20 over at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Coach, Rutgers a team that completely swept the Indiana Hoosiers this year in the Big Ten. And as you know, as an Indiana guy, has spent a lot of time in this state. Uh, sweeping the Indiana Hoosiers over three games is never an easy thing to do, whether regardless if they have a good year or a bad year. Uh, what stands out most about Rutgers? You know, they play really hard. I think they're very athletic. Um, they've got really good guard play. Geo Baker uh, is outstanding. He's a, a guy that is very dynamic in terms of a score. Uh, they've got great rim protection defensively with with uh, Miles Johnson. I think Justin or Jacob Young at the point guard is an outstanding defensive player with tremendous speed. So, you know, they're, they're physically very gifted. They're older. Uh, they can block shots. They, they can beat you with their defense. And if they're shooting the ball well, they're, they're a real handful and can play with anybody in the country. We mentioned your Indiana ties, of course, playing at DePaul, assistant coach at Evansville in the early 90s, UIndy 92-94. Coach, when you first found out that the NCAA tournament was coming to the 317, what were your first thoughts? And obviously it had to be like, man, we got to find a way to get down here, right? Yeah, no, super excited. Obviously, I've got a lot of family and friends, grew up in Evansville and got a lot of a lot of college buddies that still live in the Indy area and so uh, I've been hit up for a bunch of tickets for sure and <laughs> you know I would prefer I would prefer going back to a, a site where you have fans and your band can be there your you know all your uh, your boosters and playing in front of you know packed house the, we went to San Diego a couple years back and had a great experience but you know if they're going to pick one city to host the whole thing Indianapolis would certainly be the one for me and I know this is going to be a really good experience for for all the teams they're doing a great job of trying to keep us safe and provide uh, a, a positive experience for the kids and what is obviously the biggest event in college basketball. How have you seen since your time started here up until now you sitting at a hotel here in the bubble? How have you seen the city change? Uh, what have you liked about how the city looks now? You know what? I haven't seen much because I haven't been outside the bubble. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, That's fair. <laughs> you know, we, we, we came in the other day, uh, I guess it was yesterday afternoon and, and you know, for the next 24 hours we've basically been sitting in our rooms uh you know we, we just took our second test and we're kind of waiting for the results we're hoping to to get a practice time at some point here tonight but uh i think they're keeping us pretty secluded uh you know everybody's in their own individual room they're not moving around um until we get a couple tests it, it's going to be hard to to really know what's going on but we're, we're excited you know the uh the arenas are as good as it gets, you know, obviously Assembly Hall, Mackey Arena, Banker's Life where we're going to play. They're, yeah. they're just some outstanding venues to play, and I think our guys are really going to enjoy that. Do you think, you know, we talked about the great start to the year, but now in this bubble environment where really you got to keep your guys always one, it's, it, it can definitely be a tough challenge to, especially if, let's say, a team makes a long run to kind of stick together. Uh, what have you harped to your guys about, hey, we're here for the long haul. We just got to be ready for th- this kind of bubble environment no matter what it throws at us. Yeah, the first thing is just the uncertainty of all of it. It's, you know, it's different. You know, right now, I mean, basically being isolated for 
you know, 24 hours. You're really not even spending time with your team. You're eating every meal in your in your own room. And so that part of it is is the part that it, kids don't like. Everybody's social. We want to get out and spend time with one another. Uh, hopefully that's going to start tonight with a practice. Uh, but it's going to be a little bit of a journey. Uh, you know, we all kind of understand that. And, and I think just, you know, kind of handling it, you know, day by day is a simple way to talk about it. But, you know, you hope to get busy enough with preparation and focus for uh, – for what's next that it keeps you busy and keeps your mind in a good place and uh, the only part that's a little disappointing is it's not going to feel like a normal yeah. tournament to the players they're going to have family there and but there's even some family members that are you know some older family members that aren't coming because of COVID and all those kinds of things but uh you know, it's, it's going to be the best we can make it. And uh, I think just keeping a positive attitude, being excited about it, which our guys are, is, is a real key in all this. 25% capacity at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. It's Brad Brown now with us, the head coach at Clemson. Coach, especially in the media the last month or so, we've kind of heard the word asterisk tossed around when it describes who might end up winning this tournament if it is a true tournament. As you mentioned, there won't be as many fans. But to me, Coach, I don't know if you agree with this same sentiment, but this is going to be one of the hardest NCAA tournaments to win of all time. But when you add the bubble environment, the no fans, you got to create your own energy. It's going to be tough for anybody to come in and win a national championship here. And I think they should be praised for whoever comes away with this ring. No, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think there should be any asterisk at all. I think it's, you know, you have to show a little more grit, perseverance, a little more mental toughness to kind of deal with all the things that are kind of put your way. Um, and so I think it's going to be an exciting tournament. It'll be interesting to see how, it, how teams are affected by it. Um, you know, it is a little bit different and it, and it feels different to be here this early and just kind of waiting around yeah. You kind of almost are hopeful that, that you don't leave your, you don't leave your game in your hotel room a little bit. You know, I was a little disappointed that we got the nine twenty game on Friday. It's like, <laughs> Hey, we, you know, we've been here since Monday. We're going to be ready to play by about noon. And uh, I think there's going to be something to that. Teams may be a little sluggish early on, just not used to the environment, not having a full house. Uh, there is no question that bringing energy and having great team chemistry and camaraderie, I think has been a big, uh, big key to the success of most of the teams. I don't think you can get through what everybody was getting through uh, in terms of creating your own energy and, and dealing with empty, empty arenas, unless your team really, really cared about one another. And we're fortunate that our guys do. Coach, last thing I got for you, uh, a popular topic among folks this year has been the, the suit aspect of, of coaches going with the polos. It's a different look, obviously. My question to you, are you bringing back the suits for the tournament? Or are you sticking with the polo look? No, we're going to be in the polos. Uh, it's been good to us all year, so we're going to stick with it. It certainly is is much easier in terms of travel, not packing, yeah. you know, four or five suits. That that's been really nice on the road to just kind of how you can just use your one. Uh, luggage bag and bring it and you, you got everything you need in there so it's certainly much more comfortable we'll see where this goes next year but uh, uh, I know our league really enjoyed it uh, as a coaching staff uh, you know this year just just coaching in our khakis and our polos yeah I mean that's been I've been asking a bunch of coaches that that's been the common answer but my question is I haven't talked to anybody like Jay Wright yet but like is Jay dying to pull out the pinstripes that's my question well, he might be because he looks a lot better than most of us do. So he, he, he might, he, he might like that. I don't know. I think most of the rest of us, uh, we're happy just in our khakis. Oh man, Brad Brown, now the head coach at Clemson. Coach, welcome back to Indianapolis. It's great to have you here. I wish you the best against Rutgers on Friday. I hope you guys can make a run. Well, I appreciate it, Brendan. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. 
Brad Brownell, the head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Of course, Clemson, by all accounts, a football school, but he is leaving his mark in that basketball program, leading them to another NCAA tournament. His seven-seeded Tigers take on Rutgers. They're a 10 seed 920 on Friday at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. That game is on TBS. One of the last four games of the Friday slate, too. Here's how the rest of that night will go. San Diego State-Syracuse should be awesome. That 2-3 zone going against San Diego State. Who can move? 940 on CBS at Hinkle. Lucas Oil has West Virginia and Moorhead State at 950. 10 o'clock, it's Villanova and Winthrop, which I guess everybody is on Winthrop. I have not talked to one person, literally one person, who... Had Villanova winning that game, all because Colin Gillespie is out. Do you realize they still have Jermaine Samuels and Jeremiah Robinson Earl? Like, like I realize Colin Gillespie is important, but like the, people just assume that Colin Gillespie out. I mean, Jay Wright doesn't have a team anymore. Like, I, I would seriously consider Winthrop. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> literally nobody I've talked to has picked Villanova. It's the public is on Winthrop. It's 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 incredible. So that's at ten o'clock on TNT over at the Coliseum. But again, appreciate Coach Brown now and his time this week. Another episode down, and we're just going to keep on rolling. We will have Mike Rhodes, the head coach at VCU, tomorrow. Hopefully we'll get Steve Lavin. We've had to move around that interview with Lavin again just because he's actually doing color commentary on CBS. I didn't know he got contracted to do that, which is great for Lev. I think he's a terrific analyst. I just would like you guys to be able to hear his great commentary. I would like to talk to him about said commentary. So we'll keep you posted on that. But what a week it is in Indianapolis. We are just getting started, too, with the first four done. We're able to roll here into the round of 64, then into the round of uh, 32. You know, I think the Sweet 16 weekend is going to be terrific as well, especially if the weather continues to just keep getting nicer and nicer. We get that springtime feel. You know, people coming downtown to eat, drink outside, go shopping, go on a run, go on a bike ride, go on a pedal bar. Pedal bars are back. <laughs> pedal bars are officially back. They they went south for the winter, and now, now they are returning. Pedal bars, I, I've seen a good 50 to 100 pedal bars within the last two weeks. They are back. Every time I look outside of the studio, there is a pedal bar going by. And, like, I've never been on a pedal bar, and I feel like I need to finally experience it if it comes back for, like, a third straight year in Indy. I guess that's the thing to do. But, hey, you get people down here. You get people enjoying the city and the tournament. That's only good news for the 317. Back with you tomorrow with Mike Rhodes, the head coach at VCU. Enjoy a full day of basketball. Let's get it started. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.